I just record a, an opening for my podcast in case I want to recut this and put it in my podcast. Okay. All right. I'm Adam Spiegelman, and I'm here with my brother, Mike Spiegelman. Hi, Adam. <laughs> How are you? Thanks for coming on the show. And yeah. we are actually taking bits and pieces from your show. Uh, we reviewed, we watched, Jesus Christ, uh, Slapstick of Another Kind with Jerry Lewis and Madeline Kahn. God damn it. Spoiler alert. Awful film. We watched yeah, it during your podcast, which is called... Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. And if you want to go to that, you can go to proudlyresents.com slash let's, L-E-T-S. And I'll bring or you right to Mike's on, page. Put up on iTunes at uh, L-W-A-F-L-M. So you made it harder. Yeah, go to Adam's site. I just trying to make it as easy as possible. And your site is really great because, um, as we discussed earlier on your show... You you put up all the you watch movies obviously on YouTube with the people and that's your podcast but you put the movies up on your page and there's some great great bad movies up there. What are some of the movies yeah. you've done? Uh, I have Masters of the Universe. I have The Sender, which the actual podcast never came out, but the movie is a terrifically bad movie from the director of uh, Battlefield Earth, one of his earlier films. Uh, I have a film called Queen Kong, which uh, was sued because it came out the same year as King Kong's remake. Uh, and if you like Leonardo DiCaprio, there's a film him and Tobey Maguire try to suppress. And it's on YouTube right now. It's called Don's Plump from 96. You get to see some heroin smoked on tinfoil. Uh, and my favorite movie is Ratfinka Boo Boo from 1966. And we also have a 3D movie in there. So... Uh, all the bad films, all those notorious films you heard about, read about in your film books, that's, that's the films we like to watch. We want to actually watch them. That's awesome. There's some great films, so you can watch it with Mike or just watch it on his page. Either way, Mike, you get credit, you know. Yeah. You don't. You can watch it with the podcast or you can watch it without. So it's an awesome site. So I try to make it as easy as possible. com slash let's. But it still doesn't seem that easy. But anyway, it's easier than... Uh, Remembering the whole title because I couldn't find it. It took me a while. But anyway, I think it's awesome. It's fun to listen to. And uh, I'll give you back your own podcast. Sorry about that. No problem. Are you going to play highlights from, from the show we did? I think so. The problem with doing my podcast, like doing the opening, it's the hardest thing for me to do because it never sounds natural. It's it To me, it seems like I'm leaving a, a voicemail message. You know, and it just always seems awkward. And I recorded like 80 times. And sometimes the episode doesn't go out because of it. And the audio is always different than the, the show. And it's weird. So I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. So anyway, that's why I was trying to remember to do it on the call with you now. Then it's supposed to later. Oh, and at reach me at Proudly Resents. Reach Adam and Mac.com. And how do people reach you, Michael? At Spiegelmania. Uh, or check out our website, Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube.blogspot.com. Right. Nice and simple. Oh, I want to see if we can look for reviews. I'm just typing in reviews. So on Rotten Tomatoes, it got a 0%. I didn't even think really? it would be on Rotten Tomatoes, but it got a 0 And one review, shamefully bad, said <laughs> Stefan Bergel-Stefanus, whose website is SBS, his initials, so I don't know if I buy that. Uh, here's some audience reviews. Not a good movie, said understatement of the year. Um... Not a good movie, comma, but a bit better than most give it credit for. Than most give it credit for. If you like 80s camp, Jerry Lewis and Vonnegut, then you're mightily entertaining. Generally, so it's... if you like Jerry Lewis, Kurt Vonnegut, shit from the night, 80s, then we have a movie for you. Yeah, and summer camp. Uh, here's what Matthew James wrote. I never thought, I never hoped, I never dreamed... That during my long career as a theater goer, that's a weird career, my long career as a theater goer, that I would see a movie this atrocious, disgusting, unfunny, insulting, dull, and the list goes on and on and on. And this guy who's a professional theater goer. If he was a professional theater goer, he would have said, and the list goes on and on. He would actually list it. Right, because he's a professional. That's a very amateur right. move. Uh wow, this guy uh underestimate this is again not as his review worse than that. All right. This is a good one star. At least Matthew, the professional, gave it zero stars. This guy, uh Steven Joseph, uh in you by the way, these two people are all two first names. You don't trust them. 
uh wow dot 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 i dot dot um uh um i just um i uh i have to say i've seen a lot of shitty films in my life uh and this could be well the absolute worst there isn't a funny moment in the entire film oh let me expand this because it's cut off I was wait still, a minute do you agree is this the worst movie you've ever seen I, I, calling it a movie is is a lot. I mean, it is shot on film. It is lit. There is a a mic, which I guess there's a gaff that says you can see it. A mic at one point, which to me is the least problem of this film. <laughs> the least, right. the film's least worst. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Uh, I'm not slept. So I have to say, I've seen a lot of shitty films in my life, and I would say this is the absolute worst. The worst is not a funny movie to be had. Uh, this adaptation of Kurt Vonnegut's novel Slapstick. This is really all told a pile of garbage. Huge, stinking, rotten pile of garbage. Watching made me wish the world would end. See, I agree with him on that. Made with Yeah, you stressed that a couple times. I have the TV Guide review up here. Good, I can't wait. Okay, out of five stars, they give it a one rating. There are some Generous. questions of life that may never be answered. Will there be a cure for AIDS? Flying saucers real? And why is it that the French think Jerry Lewis is the funniest human being ever lived? Surely there's no indication of it during this war. Let me click more. I think we get the point. Jerry Lewis is a genius. That's why the French fucking love him. Uh, surely there's no indication of it during this dull adaptation of Kurt Vonnegut's least read book. The Swains, Jerry Lewis and Melon Kahn, are wealthy and well-known and have a pair of twins who are ugly as sin. The twins, also played by Lewis and Kahn, are so hideous to look at that the parents keep them under wraps. The parents don't realize that these children are really aliens who have been sent to Earth to help us out with our woes. Marty Feldman plays the twins' personal servant and is one of the few bright spots in an otherwise dismal movie. Director Sam Fuller does a cameo and shows that he can act well enough to give his range, to give up his range finder. Orson Welles' mellifluous voice is heard as the alien father. Oh, so Orson Welles is in this. Is Malvo of his voice, at least. Uh, you know what? There was a typo in there, and I just decided to read the typo. So it's not like I mispronounced the word wrong. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that excuse. I'm going to use it. Um, <laughs> this is IMDb. This movie is so tragically bad that you feel sorry for those involved. Adapted from Kurt Vonnegut with some big names. And the cast of stories destroyed by a lame script. No slapstick or comedy of any kind, and the stars give nothing to work with. Jerry Lewis and Madeline Kahn play aliens, da da da, da. Uh, This other person wrote, um, I have come to love movies like this, though. It's masterful wreck, but it has a center, the parents of uh, loneliness between the two monster. No, this is terrible. You can't give this movie any credit whatsoever. I'm a guy who loves bad... Yeah. I dedicate my time to watch bad movies, and... I will not say this is one of the good, bad movies. I will not. If someone's comparing it to Omega Code, how dare you? You know, a uh, good, bad movie, of course, is uh, uh, a Shadow Stevens movie, Tracks. I love that movie. That's a great movie. So that's fun. But this movie is, is not of that. So uh, I'm going to give the final word. I have one more movie review to read about this. This is from All Movie. Oh, uh, not even some movie, but all of it. Plastic of Another Kind is a dreadful mess of a movie and unfortunately not the kind where whose badness inspires at least a, a monochrome of entertainment. Kurt Vonnegut's books are very difficult to translate to the screen, but the novelist deserves none of the blame for the film. It's a travesty as it is the travesty of his work, taking only the bare bones premise of a few sequences from the first part of the book. Um, you know, and it's not like I'm going to read the book again. I guess we get the point. I, after that movie, I wouldn't even read books again. <laughs> right. That was so bad. Uh, so, yeah, poor El. Uh, yeah, I guess Vonnegut never really had a successful film. You know, I guess uh, it was Slaughterhouse Five was modestly successful, I guess. One of the fucking train wreck. Oh, let's see if there's some of the, Do you ever look at the YouTube comments? No, but uh, we can. That's not a bad idea. 
Is that Virginia Graham in the beginning? Uh, I read Vonnegut's Slapstick and enjoyed it very much, even though he considered it to be one of his worst works. Um, yeah. The movie was absolutely terrible, which also made it completely watchable because it was so bad. All right, I agree with the first half of the sentence, but not the second. I'm not even sure what I saw. I agree with that. But it was entertaining at the very least. Again, I agree with the first half. You are listening to Proudly Resents. Oh, reason. I, I can't I hear you. Well. Hi, this is Tony Wazell. Uh, proudly Resents. The Cult Movie Podcast. The Adam Biggest Men Show. To all you Proudly Resents listeners out there, just remember... Why don't we start our movie right now, Adam? Uh, Let's start this podcast in earnest. All right, cool. My speakers work. Modern entertainment, which is ironic, because I'm sure this movie is like 100 years old, corny or whatever. And there's a question mark after entertainment, which I appreciate. Legally, they had to put that in. Legally, right? Is there narration going on? I can't hear it. Oh, is that Ernest Borgnine? Oh, it's a man and a woman. They're arguing. I've never heard a narrator argue with the other narrator. That's a new thing. Didn't see the movie Tomorrowland where uh, they they can't start the movie without arguing? Like everyone else, I have not seen the movie Tomorrowland. Oh, I thought you were a bad movie buff. <laughs> I have my limits. Hey, you have to bring your child into that movie to justify watching it. Oh, your poor child. Uh, this is great. We get to introduce the characters by looking into deep space. Well, this is right out of um, It's a Wonderful Life, when they talk to Clarence the Angel. It saves special effects, too. A couple of blinking lights, and uh, when God would talk, a light would blink. Yeah, yeah. Well, the excuse there was that it was a black and white movie, and you know the only thing they did was do that thing with the moon when the spaceship hits its eye. So I think they're a little bit more advanced by this movie came out. That's the thing about these movies is that you would figure if this takes place in 1982, it would be like a modern movie and not look like something shot in 1960 or 70s in this case. Well, it's so there funny stuff. Uh, there's Jerry. There's the man in a waiting room. He's obviously waiting. How do you know you're impatient? Well, you're rubbing your hair. You, <laughs> you know. He's telling the director, I got this. I got this. I'll right. act impatient in the waiting room. Oh, there he is on TV as well. Oh, this is backstory. So it's like a Rona Barrett, like an old gossip columnist. And there, that's a fat version of Jerry Lewis. That's so weird. Huh? No, that's an old, that's an old, uh, vaudevillian character actor. That guy. He's like a contemporary of Charlie. Wow. He's, he's playing a famous person like he did in that movie. Um, come on. The famous Scorsese movie. King of Comedy. He did King Comedy, and then he did another movie in the 90s called Slapstick, which is a really decent movie about an Australian uh, performer who's not as good as his father, Jerry. And Jerry comes in and gives him a very scattering... What was it called? That was an amazing movie. I, wait, I don't think it's called Slapstick. I'm pretty sure it's called Slapstick. I'm, I'm IMDb in it. So we're missing exposition, Mike. We'll never know what's going on. Well, it's a good thing, because I don't know what's going on, other than the lamp is the most exciting shot in this scene. <laughs> we need more lamps. Give me that lamp. All right. The janitor is taking photographs. Oh. You know, Jerry Lewis is just in a movie called uh, the, the Trust, To Luck Do Us Part, Part 2. <laughs> Funny Bones, it was called. Funny bones, not slapstick. Sorry, you're absolutely right. Yeah, definitely I, worth I, seeing. I, 1995, I saw that in the theater. Oliver Platt is... Uh, yeah. But he's not the... the. Lee Evans is the guy who's kind of the, the great breakout star of that. Oh, Lee Evans is great in that movie. Yeah. So Jerry, Jerry did a bunch of movies, like, acting, that are just horrible. I mean, we have this movie, which so far I'm completely lost. But we're not really paying attention. And he did another movie with Johnny Depp called Arizona Dreams, which the full-length movie is available on YouTube. I can't do it to anybody. It's it's such a bad movie. Uh-oh, Jerry's going to fall down the window. It's the start of the pansy. If he freezes and they run the credits, it's a pansy. 
Oh no, the nope. the paint oh, splattered the, paint. the screen, and now the credits start. So what? He jumped out of the window because his he he had a kid. He had three kids, maybe. I would uh, jump out of a window if I found out I had three kids. Well, Marty Feldman's in this movie. Oh, uh, there's a lot of people in this movie. Ed. I mean, I, I was thinking Madeline Kahn. It never played. Uh, Psychotronic Video Guide says that it never played theatrically in the states, but it did play in West uh, Germany. I was based on a Kurt Vonnegut book. Yeah, you know, Kurt Vonnegut has a, a long history of awful movie ad- adaptations. Most recently, Breakfast of Champions with Bruce Willis, which I don't know if you know this. Yeah. He owns that movie. Bruce Willis actually owns the rights to that movie. Jim Backus is in this film. Sam Fuller's director. Oh, Sam Fuller, the director. Yeah. Yeah. I just saw the big red one this morning, actually. Hello, and the movie. We have guest starring Merv Griffin. They don't appear in the second movie yet. That's why they're guest pa- starring in this. Pat Morita. So wait, there's two movies? <laughs> why else would they have a guest starring? I, I, it's so weird they always do that. Yeah, TV movies, they do that all the time. Special guest stars. Like, well, everyone's a guest star. You're right. Ooh, special effects by an actual corporation. There's some, uh, let's say we got a real movie happening tonight. I wish the camera would stay still. Well, it's panning around all the craziness that's happening in the hospital. We're going to do a one-track shot, says uh, Jerry Lewis. Is that a woman or a puppet? <laughs> oh, my eyes can't adjust to all the weirdness. Oh. oh, he's covered in brown paint, even though he fell in red paint. Yeah, well, you know, he, he likes brown face humor. So Madeline Kahn's 15. She just had a kid. Is that what's happening? Oh, that is Madeline Kahn. You thought that was a puppet. That's not he's Pat Morita, you racist. Oh, no, he's a secret agent. He's an Asian with cameras, tiny cameras. Hidden How do you know this? I just saw it. <laughs> it was on TV. He has a camera on the broom. See, look at that. He's got the comment. He's got a phone. 80s movies are really racist when it comes to Asian. Oh, my God. I was just watching um, Defending Your Life last night, and there's some really racist parts. But it's about defending your life. Oh, yeah. that's the, the, the comedy, right? Albert, Albert Brooks. Brooks, yeah. I have a weird relationship with that movie. At the time, my VCR wasn't working, and every time I rented a movie, this is when I was in Boston, uh, it would flicker. It would like constantly track and track and track, you know, and I couldn't do anything about it. So I watched Defending Your Life and Barton Fink uh, like that, and it just ruined the movies for me. That's great. You should have lived with that story. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to find that story out for American Life. <laughs> and then I flickered. There's freaking flickering. Every TV, there's a lot of TVs on in this movie, and they're all flickering. Well, I, I know that. I learned that at Montclair High. It's because the uh, cam- cinema film is 34 uh, frames per second, and it's different on television. So when they show people watching TV, you have to show the television at a different frame rate. So it goes to the TV. Otherwise, it looks amateur. Oh, look at that. All right, so the Chinese ambassador is coming to the local radio station. Oh, there's Merv. Merv. I like Merv Griffin playing a, a TV personality. Well, I mean, they probably just asked him to walk next door to the other sound studio for 20 minutes and shoot a scene. The TV newsroom is completely garish. The call letters look like it's uh, straight out of uh, some boutique clothing store. Oh, it's like a movie version of a TV studio. Oh, hey, there's Pat Marino. Oh, there he is. What? He's like a tiny little person. How cool is this? <sighs> so Kurt Vonnegut said there's a Breakfast of Champions. But I, I was looking into the film director who made this movie. He's more of a producer now. He produces Baby Genius straight-to-DVD films. And uh, so, uh, Baby he, Genius 2 starred Republican great Scott Baio. Oh, I didn't know that. I have to now add that movie. Yeah. Watch all the- oh, they're terrible. They're really hard to watch. So anyway, this film, there's a tiny um, Pat Morita in a bowl of noodles talking with two sumo wrestlers next to him talking to the TV studio. Well, he picked uh, a local network, too, to also give this speech. Yeah. I want to go everywhere in Cleveland. You you were, Adam, you're full disclosure. As a television producer, if someone said that I'm going to uh, open up a dish of food on on your television show, would you look inside beforehand, or would you just let it be surprised when there's actually little people in there? I'm a terrible producer. I would let it just be surprised. I'd trust that there was a, a miniature live emperor 
with two sumo wrestlers. High five, sumo wrestlers. They shouldn't have squeaked his voice because it's hard enough to know what's going on. Yeah, these closed captioning on YouTube is not helping me at all. It just stopped. Yeah, hey, I was looking at your website. You have a lot of good movies on there that you've watched. Yeah, oh, there's a lot of great movies on YouTube. And, you know, Adam, honestly, like, I, I, you and I are both memorize every single word from the Golden Turkey Awards book. There's a lot of movies you hear about, but you never, you read about, but you never actually see. And YouTube gives you the opportunity to see, say, Mother Goose a Go-Go, a film that I would normally read about. So, you know, there's some great movies out there. Ain't the uh, internet grand. Isn't it great? What a great world we live in. Why didn't we watch Mother Goose a Go-Go? Uh, we could. It's a great storyline. It's a newlywed and the the groom can't get it up or whatever because once he hears Mother Goose rhymes, he uh, faints. So a sexy therapist sprays him with LSD. Then he watches cartoons about Mother Goose, and then everything's okay. Oh, and there's like a, a I watched the trailer. There's a weird rape scene where uh, this guy is playfully ripping the hem of a woman's dress. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my god! But it was a sexy. He was ripping her dress while she was bending over. The joke. This movie is long. <laughs> he just said we all look like the Asian guy. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, so anyway, the director of this movie starred as an actor uh, in the uh, theatrical production of Kurt Vonnegut's play Happy Birthday, One to June. And it made me, oh, there's Marty Feldman. Holy shit. He's just walking into this movie. Uh, but it just reminded me of uh, there's another Kurt Vonnegut movie starring, directed by an actor who appeared in a movie with Kurt Vonnegut. Do you know what actor I'm thinking of? It, it was Keith Gordon from uh, Back to School. Rodney's son, uh, Kurt Vonnegut, as himself. Yeah, he writes Vonnegut writes uh, an essay on Kurt Vonnegut, and uh, he gets him a C. And there's the famous scene. Well, there's a famous scene where Kurt Vonnegut shows up and takes the money. Uh, and then later, uh, Ronnie's on the phone. He's like, uh, fuck you, Kurt Vonnegut. Your paper got me. He goes, your paper got me a C. And he goes, what? Well, fuck you. Just <laughs> the way that, like, Kurt Vonnegut tells him to fuck off. And so anyway, the son, Ronnie Dangerfield's son, Keith Gordon, later became a director and directed Mother Night, a Kurt Vonnegut movie. Well, there you go. Yeah. Oh, look at this house. Butterhouse 5. This is a modest house. Nice smoggy out there in the background. Yeah, it's L.A. back in the day. So th this is uh, Los Angeles, you think? Yeah, where else would it be? San Francisco? Oh, San Francisco. We have mountains. We're not phony. Yeah, we have all the fog. We have all the fog. Oh, by the way, San Francisco today, they had a uh, San Francisco marathon. And it took me forever to get here. And it's a very serious marathon. For example, you have to wear clothing. <laughs> for you Top guys rings do not count as clothing you have to you can't wear costumes costumes do not count and uh, you, you have to be sober you can't be drinking so no one no one likes this marathon yeah it's bullshit if you can't drink at a marathon where can you drink well there's a famous beta breakers marathon where you dress up in costume where you just go naked and you just get drunk and you, you walk run the whole race yeah, one time I came up to see you, and I stayed in a hotel, and it just happened to be right, the view was the Beta Breakers, and I wake up Sunday morning, and I open the window, and there's naked people running by my window. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. But they're not technically naked, because some have cock rings. There's a, a <laughs> movement in Castro to walk around naked, and opponents say, listen, you're not really walking around naked if you have a cock ring, you know? You can't say you're walking naked when you're obviously fetishizing it. Well, there's a, a spaceship. UFO. Spaceship. ILM uh, is their first job. <laughs> the, the butler locked out Mary, Madeline Kahn. He's the worst butler. Uh, wow, that is the worst special hate. effects. It's like, <laughs> like, not since Evil Tunes have I seen such a oh, evil cool tunes. woman better. Evil Tunes. Evil Tunes, by the way, should be recalled Evil Tune, because they just had one cheap tune. Yeah, clear rip off. Oh, you know, there's a movie uh, I talked about on my show last week, uh, Prison of the Dead, and I went to look for a um, trailer of Prison of the Dead, 
and there's a movie called like the Born, Reborn, The Dead Reborn. They took footage from Prison of the Dead and made it and put it in this film and made it look like the, the guy's watching a reality show and the reality show is this other movie. What a awful, awful idea. So they use the footage twice. Yeah, Corman used to do that. He would Roger Corman would get these uh, Russian science fiction movies and he would uh, redub them and add different scenes and release them as two different movies. Uh, and they're just they're awful. Well, actually, one movie, uh, the intro outro was uh, directed by Peter Bandanovich. So if you're a completist, you have to see that movie. But uh, I never heard of taking another person's movie and passing it off as a reality show in another movie. That's definitely a first. Yeah, well, you can tell it's obviously not a union film. And neither were um, Baby Geniuses. So, Baby Geniuses, which I have a list somewhere. Yeah, I met a guy who's in four and five, and he wanted to come on the show, but um, he just kept saying, oh, it was not union, it was not union. He got in trouble with the union. Huh. We worked with John Voigt, who I guess is allowed to doing non-union stuff. So John Floyd is the one remaining star in, these, in the series, I guess. I have no idea about the direct-to-DVD. I'm not surprised that they have a series of them. I just didn't realize that they continued the brand. That's uh, Bob Clark's last movie. Yeah, the guy did uh, Porky's. Porky's and Black Christmas. And? And? Christmas Story. Story. Yes. And? From the Hip. With Jed Nelson? Yeah. All right, so anyway, uh, Pat Morita's back, and he's just talking. Yeah, his voice is so squeaked up that I, I really can't hear it. Yeah, they should have done that. I obviously get the idea, but oh, it was about to do it. Sorry, I was up all night. Um, oh, were you? You know, my two-year-old decided to get up at midnight. Two years old? She's two next week. I know, exciting. Bring a gift. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we were up for hours, and two in the morning, she's like, Toast? I want toast. <laughs> no, go to bed. <laughs> toast. So I think we fell asleep around four. Oh, that's good. Well, it's your fault for bringing up the concept of toast to your toddler. Oh, my God. I opened up Pandora's box. Pandora's toast. 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 I guess here's the nursery. See, I told you, they're not going to leave this house ever again. They're just going to be, the rest of this movie is going to be shot inside the interiors of a mansion that we don't give a shit about. But they're sleeping in giant cribs, him and his wife, separate giant cribs, and there's like a hot nurse. I read the novel years ago, and they're brother and sister, I'm pretty sure. Uh, they, are, they are super intelligent aliens, twins, that were birthed through a human on Earth. And uh, the premise is that they're super intelligent together, but they're dumbest posts otherwise, separated, they're useless. When are we supposed to find that out? I just told you. <laughs> oh, is that how that movie works? Yeah. Yeah, if the usher comes up to you and explains the plot. Yeah. Uh, if I was to make a movie, I would do that. I would make sure that a movie is completely airless and uh, unfollowable. It reminds me a lot of Leonard Part 6, the, the, the set. I don't know if it's Part 7, right? Part 6? Part six. So he has a wacky mansion with a lot of crap in it. And this kind of reminds me of it. But then the description is a rich, beautiful couple. All right, slow down. They give birth to a deformed alien twins who, when their heads are together, are the smartest kids on the planet. All right, so there you go. They, they're true to the book. You know, he would say, like, well, Kurt Vonnegut, his novels are uh, unfilmable. Yes, and I would say yes. Yes, yes they are. <laughs> yes. How about that? You're right. Dead on, Cha-Cha. You're correct. Slaughterhouse-Five, Do you know the original 1982 cut of the movie features a score by Michael Lindgren? And you know who wrote this? Michael Lindgren. Um, on IMDb. <laughs> by, right, the original bird composer. When the movie was re-edited, subsequently re-released in 84, it was replaced with a more science fiction lay score. The soundtrack LP was released, containing one side score by Stevens and the other side the new score. Uh, the old score. So there's an album, of this mo- a soundtrack of this movie that makes sure that has two soundtracks on it, one that was never released for a movie that no one... Right. So, so I guess they played two characters. 
right? So Jerry and Madeline are a, a couple that do each other, and they produce twins that look exactly like each other. And, and the a beautiful, are- beautiful couple. Oh, beautiful couple. Yeah, l- listen, seriously, a beautiful couple. <laughs> Jerry Lewis, man, he's the original Donald Trump. When when Jerry gets serious, he's uh, serious. That's a good way to put it. Shot. I love how he talks, Jerry, when he gets serious. He was on a lot of good Merv Griffin. There's a Merv Griffin box set that has a bunch of Jerry uh, visits. And Jerry's there chain-smoking, talking serious, and then uh, Merv will say, we'll be right back. And Jerry will do like some gag where he drinks, sips a glass of water, but he gets the entire glass stuck in his mouth, you know, like for the commercial break. But then he's serious the rest of the time. Yeah, he's totally serious, but, you know, he makes sure the camera lingers on him before they go to a shot. All right, so finally, the payoff. The alien kids are touching their heads, and their lights are there. They have some band in their head that's causing lights to go off. And then there's a set designer flashing a giant light off screen <laughs> going uh, the set. <laughs> when was um, Hardly Working made that we reviewed on my show, Proudly Resents? When was that made? 84. That was 80, I think. Oh. So they let him make another movie? He he did uh, Smorgasbord as well during the 80s, right? That was correct. But he, this film, like if King of Comedy was 83 and this film finally hit video in 84, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, he did a movie called Arizona Dreams, which is even worse than this movie with Johnny Depp. And he's serious sharing in that. And he did Funny Bones, which we love. But I don't think, uh, other than his own movie cracking up. Oh, he did. Jerry did a movie in Germany about being a cop in 84. I noticed while digging around. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it was, it was really strange. It might have been a French production. It was a, it was a foreign production. Let me put it that way with Jerry Lewis as a cop. And and the character's name was Jerry, of course. Right. Uh, so here's the Air Force One, and you could tell because the president has an oversized red phone and a Statue of Liberty in his uh, wing. And I think he's talking about jelly bean. I think this is probably political humor part. And you know who the president is? Love it. Oh, Magoo, you've done it again. Do you, you prefer the millionaire or Mr. Magoo or James Dean's father when it comes to Jim oh, James Dean's or father? James Dean's father, yeah. Where Jim Backus has like a, a apron and, he's, and he has a tray of cookies or whatever he's going to give his son and his son tells him to fuck off but he goes, I don't understand you. Yeah. The kids are uh, playing with their food. Jerry's doing some uh, slapstick. Of another kind, like not funny. Yeah, <laughs> how many kinds of plastic are there? Not good. There's a food fight where uh, with a bunch of actors in the room. Yeah, it's fun with the kids with their heads together. <laughs> so this would be outrageous if this wasn't inside a, ho- a house with nobody else watching. I mean, who gives a shit? So, I mean, it just seems like they went into a soundstage, set this up, and then just had the three actors in the room while they made this mess. Yeah, well, there's curtains in the background. It's clearly like, yeah, it's some other kind of set. No one will notice. This is one of my favorite things about bad films. When they do something ridiculous and they're like, well, no one will notice if we just have shower <laughs> curtains around. Right. Yeah, there's the scene with the food fight scene. They happen to have like uh, plastic curtains all around, <laughs> draped around the room. It could be the same studio they shot the TV studio stuff in. But yeah. what's when they pull out the gar- the hose that they happen to have uh, plastic curtains in the room anyway. Right, right. Yep, they're not going to leave the mansion. So the babies are idiots unless their heads are together, but they're babies. Right. So what are they they're supposed to be? They're played by adults and that their parents are also played by the same actors. Who are really good looking. You know, I have to admit, Jerry Lewis is like the last living legend we have. One of the last. And the fact that people should be grateful the guy's still alive and and check out his movies. You know, you shouldn't go see a Jerry Lewis movie because he passed away. You should check him out right now. Who who should he, uh, which one should you see? Well, 
I mean, ironically, this movie, of course, but I mean, sincerely, uh, I like his, uh, the bellboy, you know, the workaholic films he did, where he just kept cranking them out. Uh, Patsy, uh, Cinderella is funny. Uh, the films that he directed are, are worth watching for sure. I mean, some of the, the, the stunts, the slapstick stunts are, are pretty innovative. And, uh, you know, he, he has a distinct comic personality and, and, uh, it's fun to watch. I mean, and he's done a lot of misfires, you know, and, uh, even those are kind of fun to watch. So, like big swings. Uh, big swing. Like you take a big swing, like a big chance. Yeah, yeah, he oh, absolutely. Like he'll he'll miss, you know, or he'll uh, there'll just be something off about it. He did a movie called Which Way to the Front, uh, which is probably one of his last big movies uh, for Warner Brothers, and it's a World War II movie where. Uh, he happens, Jerry is a millionaire and he has a black, uh, chauffeur named Lincoln and him and Link go to, uh, will go to Germany because he looks like a, a German, uh, official and, uh, he meets Hitler and Hitler's played by, uh, this Jewish vaudevillian actor who plays him like as a Yiddish guy. And even that's kind of fun to watch, you know, it's bizarre. Uh, but he, he, as a director, used to do these crazy little stunts. Like I remember one movie they're watching a in-flight film and there's some turbulence. And as the, as the plane itself would move, the image, in, the image in the film would move with it. You know, that's kind of clever, but Jerry has, he has so many moods and he's done so many things for one person and good and bad. And I just think like you could just look at one, one moment in his life and just be fascinated. And there's hundreds of moments in his life that are just fascinating, you know? So how come Marty Feldman's funny in this movie and Madeline Kahn and Jerry Lewis aren't? I think he's just given the right role. I mean, they're given the thankless, impossible, self-indulgent, shitty role. Yeah. He's just so perfect, I guess. I mean, he's made so many bad movies, but he's always good in them. He's, uh, he's, he's made a lot of films as director himself, right? He did a parody of those old uh, World War One. Desert Western, the O.E. West, where it's called. It's funny. I mean, it's big and silly. Spike Mulligan's in it. Well, this is big and silly. Oh, he's looking right in the camera, Jerry. He's shaking the camera. Now everything's sped up. Uh, oh, they're going to spray mace on him, and I can tell because the, uh, cause they have a big aerosol that says the word mace on it. Oh, if you think so. So he's spraying these babies with mace. It's hilarious. That's actually what I do as a parent. <laughs> So this is some Back to the Future type special effects. You have Jerry and Madeline as parents in the same room as Jerry and Madeline as space alien baby twins. And guess what? You can tell that it shot at different times. <laughs> shot at different years almost. Jesus. Yeah, the parrot scenes are shot during the daytime with the natural sunlight on Madeline's shoulders. Wait, this is 15 years after the kids were born and they're still babies? Is that what it is? I think so. Or they still treat them like babies. I thought they said 15 years later. Oh, this movie's so boring. <laughs> what is the best movie you've, you've done on your podcast so far? What do you recommend people oh, check out? Oh, honestly, I recommend Rat Finka Boo Boo. I'm unabashedly a fan of that. Oh, movie. you love that movie. I really do. It's like a, a stalker movie for half the time, and then it just becomes a Batman and Robin surfer uh, music video. Just every hodgepodge of uh, 60s uh, pop culture during that time just shows up in this hour of long movie. It's great. It's an hour long? 67 minutes. Wow. Yeah. I have, uh, I, I, you know, if anyone wants to send me a tweet, I'm at, at Spiegelmania. I don't have anything set up for the podcast, but I'm always looking for good movies, uh, full-length movies on YouTube. Uh, I, and I've actually did see two films that I, I would rather not do for the podcast, but I would kind of recommend them and, I'm a little hazy, but there was a, a cartoonist from the 70s, a French guy, like a heavy metal National Lampoon type of guy, and he made two animated movies during the 70s that like Bill Murray and some other people did the voices for. And uh, I went ahead and saw them, and they're just racist piece of shit. <laughs> so I don't really want to, I don't really have much to say about it, but I was happy to see them on YouTube. You know, what was the movies? 
I don't remember. Is that great? I don't recall. It's two different films. One takes place in the jungle, and the other one, I guess, doesn't. And the other one doesn't? Yeah, I, you know what? I don't even know why I brought it up. I don't I don't remember anything about it. What? Uh, how do I find it? Uh, go to, to IMDb Bill Murray. It should be listed. It's mentioned in the Bill Murray, big book of Bill Murray. They talk about the two animated films. Because uh-huh. there was there was a time when, uh, like you know, the heavy metal the movie uh, was voiced by like John Candy and uh, Harold Ramis, and they were giving out voice work to to various. Like, uh, who did you say was in it? Bill Murray and who else? Uh, in these cartoons, I th- all I know is Bill Murray. They're like one one word uh, titles. Oh, do you know he was in Groundhog's Day? Who? Bill Murray. Who do you play? I'm kidding. I don't know. Uh, do you play the arrogant jerk that everyone likes? Was he? Was it? We said one word. Yeah. Meatballs. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stripes. Stripes. Caddyshack. Tootsie. That is one word, but no. Ronnie Dangerfield. It's not easy being me. Was it BC Rock? I it bet might you that was be it. BC yeah, Rock. Yeah. That sounds like a cartoon wacky movie with like I'm a average guy caveman. Yeah, that's right? it. That's exactly right. And then he did another one. I think uh, it begins with the letter P. Ed. Oh well, you've <laughs> narrowed it down for me. Let's see. Patty Shack, Putsy, Pripes, Pripes, People. Where the Buffalo Roam, Mike Mondo video, which is great. Coming attractions. No, which which is a good movie? Who did that? It was a um, like Dan Aykroyd. It was a kind of like that's entertainment for like uh, bad movies, and uh, they would have segments hosted by like Dan Aykroyd or whatever, and they would show just like scenes of, of bad movies. Oh, you you think the movie starts with the P? The director starts with the P. His name is Picha. Yeah, right, Picha. He's the uh, cartoonist, and he made two movies that Bill Murray does voices on it, and both movies are... Shame of the Jungle. Okay. He made Snow White, the sequel, in 2007. That's not one of them. Ten years before that, he made a TV show in France. Zoo Cop, Zoo Olympics, The Big Bang, Shame of the Jungle, Cartoon Circus. Huh. Well, Shame of the Jungle, right. I think that's the, the, the Jungle parody one. You think Shame in the Jungle has to do with the jungle? <laughs> I think that might be the the racist one. Hey, uh, breaking news. Yes. Jennifer Hudson to star in Adam Sandler's Netflix movie, San- Sandy Wexler. Yeah, it's a new character. Yeah, that's great. And then, then there's one more movie, and they're done with the Netflix, right? Four movies? Yeah, I'm sure they'll do more. He's like the new Jerry Lewis. Well, he was definitely influenced by Jerry Lewis, the, the aggressive man-child uh, bit. I mean, God bless uh, Happy Gilmore and the Waterboy, but they're they're nothing more than just Jerry Lewis. Same with Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey is an aggressive, you know, man-child. Whether it's uh, Ace Ventura, you know, Ace Ventura is Jerry Lewis. Just turned up. That's funny. I don't know. Oh, it is funny. Well, I mean, like. Part of the appeal is to how uh, unhinged you can get as a human being, you know, and that's kind of how what the the humor is. Uh. They need they need stunt people for this scene we're watching. They're they're hanging off of rooftops. Someone endangered their lives to make sure they get the scene in. <laughs> I'm a professional stunt man. What can I do for this movie? Well, we need you to scale down a, a roof. It's because of these space aliens. You know what? I just read the script. I'm not going to endanger my life. Fuck this shit. I don't know what's going on. Oh, now we're back in outer space. This is what they call in uh, uh, theater intermission, or the middle part. Oh, good. You know, I you gotta bring go. Up, you bring up outer space in the beginning of the movie. The narrator, and then in the middle of the film, like in Goodfellas, the, the narrator will come back. Oh, this is like a wacky military part. Unscrewed up alumni. That's funny. That's a military school. 
it's comedic military school. Everything is a joke. There's a wacky sign. There's a cowboy with a cigar. People shoot off cannons and they fall down. A man is literally chasing a chicken right now to show you how uh, absurd military force is. I would be so relieved to see a man chase a chicken in this movie. I'd be like, at least they're trying. They're trying. I mean, that's funny. A man chasing a chicken, uh, uh, private. Mike, watching this movie is the worst thing you ever made me do, and you're my older brother. <laughs> no, I waited till we were 50 to pull this off. Here we are, early 40s. Like, I got you good. But this is kind of cool. This is, I've never seen this Jerry Lewis movie before. It's one more Jerry film. Do you have a favorite Jerry Lewis movie? This is definitely one more Jerry film. If I was to do a pull quote for this film, I would say, this is one more Jerry film. Says <laughs> Adam Spiegelman. Says Mike Spiegelman, for completeness only. Yeah. Like, I don't know why they're in this military base. Oh, with the wacky sign. It says Buster's Military School for Screwed Up Boys. You know, I, I don't know if they could, in real life, they would actually have a sign like that. I don't know. Uh, do I have a favorite Jerry Lewis movie? No. Uh, I guess the one we talked about, Cracking Up, whatever that one is great. And of course, King Comedy. But do I have uh, anything else? No. I don't know his other films, his real films. Do you ever see uh, any of the Martin Lewis movies? No. I know the uh, Road 2 films with Bob Hope and Bing Crosby, but I don't know Lewis. Well, I'd... oh, actually, you know what? I, I can tell you a funny story, and it's on YouTube as well. Oh, why well, start now? Why well, start now? So Bing Crosby had a, uh, a telethon going on, and he was with his partner, uh, Bob Hope. And I guess this was during the 60s or 50s, and they brought up on television this new comedy duo, Martin Lewis. And Jerry Lewis is completely, you know, it's classic young Jerry Lewis with the with the trim cut and the the, the cough. With the hoogle. He's going out of control. Everything is exciting, and he's jumping around, and he's running around. And you can see Bing Crosby just go pale, like completely lost control. And... uh and Bob Hope is like, oh, hey, your partner, your partner is spooking my partner or whatever. You got to calm him down to Dean. And the story was that, like, uh, I believe it was Bing Crosby, but he was completely rattled by Jerry Lewis's impression. And that people say that that's how Jerry Lewis came up with the idea of a telethon. It was after their telethon. Oh, well, that's the story that went sideways. So here's something that's <laughs> shocking about this film. This um, YouTube clip has almost 2 million views. This movie we're watching right now? No, almost 2,000 views. <laughs> Can you imagine? in the world. Still, a lot of people going, what the hell am I watching? Well, it looks like uh, there's a lot of Jerry movies on YouTube. I'm just looking on the side here. So you can see Cinderella and the Iron Boy, two of his best movies. Yeah, I mean... I would just watch as much Jerry Lewis as possible while he's still alive and just celebrate the fact that he's living. I'm always happy to talk about Jerry. You know, a friend had these Super Jerry tapes back when the VHS cassettes were the YouTube of its time. And uh, it was just footage of Jerry being a total asshole. Like, one thing I have to say is that you can find, like, dig around and find television appearances from the last 50, 60 years where he's, you know innocent or he's just a total prick you know what i mean mm -hmm. and it's fun to watch him be you know reminisce about how awful his old directors were or just you know uh he i remember watching one like amc a and e special about him and he was saying that the director of the first martin lewis movie uh was as funny as a menstrual period you know like just and and he has a, a insanely bad reputation as a sexist because he just doesn't think women are funny. It's brutal, you know. We saw that movie hardly working, and he and uh, his niece says he wants she wants to be a clown. What was the response? He was like, "Yeah, anything's possible." <laughs> oh, like for a little girl. Yeah, and it's so funny that it's like they're trying to be progressive. It's yeah. like, oh, we're so progressive by saying something stupid like that. But he's one of those guys who'll say women aren't funny, and he'll still say it, even though he's 90 years old. So, you know, and he's a total prick to people, so there's a reason to, you know, not like the person. So he's still right, is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> Just kidding. 
Because this movie proves that men can be unfunny as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he finally said that, we're equal, that men and women are equal when it comes to being unfunny. Yeah, 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 with being terrible. This must be the climax. They've been holding their heads together, and the special effects lights are going around them. Uh, according to YouTube, we still have 13 more minutes. Hopefully they'll show the credits very slowly. <laughs> the outtakes. Like a data car movie where there's like 10 minutes of outtakes. Oh, really? There's, um, again, the last movie I just reviewed, uh, Prison... Prison of the Dead. They show there's three horsemen that come out, which means they only had three costumes, and they come out of the grave. They're summoned by a Ouija board, and they each come out twice, just because they show the footage twice. I guess to try to kill as much time as possible. <laughs> you think the the script called for four horsemen? And they, <laughs> the budget they can't do four horsemen. Guys, guys, we don't have that. I w- I wasn't wrong about. They have, like, attack dogs inside the mansion. I, I wasn't wrong that this entire movie takes place in one location. Except for the school. Oh, right, the school of crazy mixed-up boys. So that's two sets they use. Oh, there he is. There's Samuel Fuller. His movies during the 80s, I recommend. There's the big red one. There's White Dog. Have you seen White Dog? Ed? No, I haven't seen his 80s ones. Uh, Steel Helmet is really good. Steel Helmet's great. Uh, I drugged my... Um then wife now fiance and two friends to see um the movie he did about the the mental institution shot oh, corridor i love that yeah. film and it was so bad and they hated it and russell says to my fiance i hope the wedding's not off <laughs> <laughs> no one liked that movie they hated it. it it is not it's not a good film but it's so many good parts to it i don't know if that makes sense like i forgive the fact that it's flawed it has flaws, but his films always have like the scenery that you're not going to see elsewhere. The way people move or are are moving in scenes and stuff like that. Uh, he did a film called Street of No Return, which was from '89, and I saw that in the theater, and it is like the most insane movie. It's a rock star who lost his voice, and he keeps making a music video about him on a horse, and uh, Sam Fuller says daughter i think is in it but it, i highly recommend it it's it's just a crazy film but yeah he so he did a lot of like acting he was kind of like orson wells where he did a lot of acting just to get money to produce his films i think orson wells is in this movie too adam in this one right now yeah i think he does the voice i remember reading that which means that it's a film with film directors acting there's jerry lewis there's sam fuller and i guess orson wells marty Feldman. Oh, yeah, Marty Feldman. Yeah. As we have learned today. Uh, there is 10 minutes left in this movie. <laughs> this must be the climax. This is the movie. If it was a date, I'd pretend I got a text and I'd have to go. <laughs> their heads together. They have that oscillator of uh, special effects, lights around their heads. And I, th- I think this, basically, the spaceship are going to take them. I mean, what could possibly happen? I mean, if I was writing a story about uh, a couple that gives birth to space aliens that look exactly like the parents, I would end up with the UFO taking them, the, the space aliens back. So that's all we're waiting for. Oh, my God, this is so bad. Well, the aliens have come. The miniature aliens have come, and they're going to take back the twins, I guess. Thank, here's something you don't hear often. Thank God Pat Morita is in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it has oh. a very little Pat Morita in this movie. Hello, because he's a miniature. Yeah, because he's a, a miniature. A small role. Tamarita, stand up for your right. Oh, sorry. Oh, he is. The, oh. I like the close-up the eyes of these actors, but I don't know if the director's telling them to do anything while they do the close-ups. Like, I've given up my nap time <laughs> to talk <laughs> to do this. the of a toddler. You've given up your precious nap time to do this movie. Oh, I appreciate it. I bet you she wakes up the moment this movie's over. So there's no rest for you. Oh, my God. S- smoke is coming out of things. Drawers are opening and closing. Everyone's trying to get out of this film. <laughs> the twins, the aliens, the earthquake. Who's doing this? Oh, I don't know. And wh- if you had a laser gun and you're pointing it, why don't you just shoot it? Yes. Seriously. So who's causing this? The alien? Something outside? Maybe this is Arsene Wells. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So, Adam, even though they're into the light, do not walk into the light. I would. I would right now. If there was a light, I'd jump into it. 
the aliens are here, and this is obviously a ripoff of the final scene from Close Encounters. That's probably their point of. Those are joke. It's supposed to be like a joke. Plus, they're going to get the kids. Plus, they don't have an original idea at the end. Right. Yep. There's the aliens. They look like the ones from. No, they look like guys in costumes. <laughs> they finally made it home. I gotta give Jerry some credit. He looks funny. He's just making these silly faces. <laughs> you know, he looks like um, Giddity, uh the guy oh, from Quagmire. <laughs> It's got the chin and the nose. Yeah, yeah. Get it. He's actually harassing everybody in the movie. Um, Sorry to distract from the movie. The, the twins are on this spaceship. And this spaceship is like twice the size of the house, which is the first because all the other spaceships were tiny. Well, the, the Marty Feldman is waving goodbye even though he's in the house. In fact, everybody's in the house. Why are they waving goodbye? He's leaving, that's why. His job is done, which we don't really know what his job was to begin with. And now he's off to do... I don't know what he's going to do now either, because I don't know who the fuck he is. And there's a special... I guess this movie is over. Well, everyone's leaving. <laughs> Even the actors are leaving for the credits. Yeah, they're leaving for the credits. <laughs> they want to beat the traffic. Oh, phew. Marty Feldman, hi-ho. Hi-ho. The credit say. One more special effect. All right, and then um, you get the 80s music. And the 80s fonts. Murray Schwartz is the associate producer on this. The cre- I have to say, the, the, the credit scroll is super slow. Yeah, they got to kill time. <laughs> oh, they oh. got some songs. Just putting our heads together, music and lyrics by Randy Bishop, performed by Randy Bishop and Bonnie Paul. Uh, I don't like putting music songs on, on my shows. So I'm going to have to sing my own lyrics. We got to put our heads together. What do you think? You want to try the song? We the heads together. We committed to this film before reading the script. <laughs> we wrote a love song before we realized they were brother and sister. <laughs> Oh, they just said taboo, so I think they knew what's going on. Do you think this movie is a metaphor about incest? That's even worse. Pro-incest movie. Uh, Con, outcest. Oh, yeah, Battle of Con. Oh, come on. You win. Well, you know, in this movie, you do have your pros and cons, right? You have uh, Jerry Lewis. He's been a professional for a long time, and Madeline Con. So you have your pros and cons in this movie. Oh, I heard you. <laughs> I'm just ignoring you. My favorite scene is when uh, Jerry Lewis was looking for Madeline Kahn, and he goes, Madeline Kahn! Let me know when you start the podcast. Do you think uh, you would acknowledge it if I continue the con? If I may have dragged it out any longer? I might not. Well, if you guys listen to this entire show, I want to thank you so much. The credits are rolling here. We're here with our guest, Adam Spiegelman, host of Proudly Presents. A no, 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 no. Nope. No, after this, don't plug it. But no, no, I'm the host of Proudly Reasons. Did I say Proudly Presents? Yes, which is what I should have called the show. But said everyone accidentally calls it that. But uh, no. Proudly Reasons, and it's... I'm iTunes and Stitcher and all those other things. And, uh, sorry, go back. I just wanted to. Oh, no, no, not at all. Uh, I just wanted to promote your show because if you're listening, if you guys are listening to the end, then we know, uh, your fans and you should check out Adam. Of course. Adam, of course. what's your final, uh, review of this movie we just watched? Oh, my God. I want to kill myself. Put that on the poster. <laughs> uh, this movie is terrible. It's not terrible in a good way. That person who wrote their review on YouTube is an idiot. He makes me mad. Just mad. I'm mad at this movie. I'm mad at Jerry Lewis. I'm mad at mom and dad for conceiving you. Uh, (laughs) Wow, that's a little harsh. No, 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 not after seeing this film. You'd probably agree with me. Here we are. Distributed by Modern Entertainment. Yeah, again. Entertainment asterisk. Except for this film. Right, they just changed their name to Modern. Yeah, right. Um, according to lawyers, we have to now change our name. 
All right, so I'm going to try to play the theme song from our friend Carl Halp, and I just want to thank you so much for making this a great show and seeing through the worst movie we've seen by far uh, in life. Oh, guess what? I'll never talk to you again. So that's going to make an awkward family uh, reunion. But yeah, you're out of the family. I just you don't realize during the movie I was typing emails, getting out. Oh, uh, get him out of the family. But uh, also, I'm proudly resent you. You've been on a lot, and actually, your episodes are really popular. Um, some of the movies we did, Santa Claus the movie. We need to do another Christmas movie. Santa Claus the movie, Christmas with the Cranks. Yeah, uh, which I love. Uh, I'm going to set up. Uh, I got to set up the best of Mike Spiegelman. Oh, I love that. Go to proudlyresents.com/slash Mike Spiegelman or Mike exclamation point. There's a lot of fun talking about Christmas with the Cranks. Yeah, yeah, we'll do another Christmas movie. We're we're going to do um, Beverly Hills Cop Three. All right. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much. Tell your friends. Let's get more listeners. Thank you, Mutiny Radio. Thanks, Ad. Bye. Thanks. Screw Mutiny. Adam, that, we're, we're out of time for this interview.